Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, December 1st. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher, and we are brought to you by Vivid Picks. Six games slate to close out the week. We had an outstanding week of slate sizes. Next week is a little bit different, but uh, boy, oh boy, are the games that are on this slate today not appealing from a DFS perspective. We are going to break that down and more so first, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. Adam, what's good? Uh, not my NBA night last night or NHL yeah. night last night. Uh, God, I, I ran out of time on swaps with DeMar DeRozan. So night slate, I just had a train that didn't cash. Um, main slate, I got my swaps in, but didn't matter, didn't win anything. So uh, yeah, it wasn't great, but had a good, had a decent odd shopper night, I think, which didn't come close to making up for dfs but at least got to win somewhere there you go you can sign up for odd shopper cheaper prices now we'll talk about them in a bit yeah i know what it's like to uh not get your demar Derozan swaps done the way that you wanted to he ended up still in seven of my lineups so i had seven giant zeros and uh crushed those lineups right out of the gate that was that was a hundred percent my fault i knew that my process was coming tight i should have just hot swapped him out and like dealt with that, like the repercussions of that later. And yeah. I didn't think about it until it was too late. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I ended up. So I had played FanDuel last night, which I hadn't been playing. And I realized pretty quickly, I wasn't going to have time to get that done and DraftKings done. So I just, and I think I had shitty lineups on FanDuel at that point anyway. So I just swapped the Rosen to whatever Kawhi I could. And then to Keldon Johnson and was just yeah. like, okay, whatever, that's good enough. Um, DraftKings, I got actual swaps done, but um, yeah, it de definitely getting away from the guy not playing is a priority. Yeah, I had I was like 10 seconds short of being able to like click the upload button. And like while that stuff was happening, I should have just immediately got him out of everything and then went about my business knowing that worst case scenario was just I'm running. I'm just jamming someone else. My pro my real problem going into it was that I had like 75 percent DeMar DeRozan. So he was getting swapped out of everything that I had. Right. Which I, I just assumed he was going to play when once Levine got ruled out and he was kicked down the line. I was just like, okay, we're I'm okay with this. I was not right. You were not. No, I wasn't. We were right, wanna... like the yeah. most popular guys, the actual most popular guys, like Anderson sucked. But yeah. then like so much of the other kind of just decent value plays just went absolutely nuts like mcgowan's could have been a lot better but Dude, he went he, when i saw his his score at one point there was a lot of time left and yeah. i was like oh this is going to be like an essential value piece that i uh, he was more owned than i thought he was going to be then too but 38 percent. yeah um yeah he just didn't play down the stretch but, yeah i was um, i was pumped but first. like him going for 25 alexander walker going for 47 like stuff like that, it was like, okay, well, the actual most popular guys, Reed and Anderson, suck. But other than that, if you didn't play the value chalk, like you have no chance in hell at doing anything on the slate. Terry Rozier, 69, 40 yeah. minutes, 37 points. Young, 76. Yeah. 
Yeah. Halliburton at 73, 44 and 10. Like, oh my God, that dude. Well, at least the Kings don't have him anymore. Cat went for 60, whatever. Yeah. Sohan had a huge day. He had like yeah. 50 something. He was somebody right. that I had like 40% of at one point. Wemby was great. Wemby was good and still got destroyed by Towns. <laughs> yeah. 21, 10 and four for, or 21, 12 and four for Wemby, but like still a great day. Shaden Sharp went nuts. That was yeah, that's a guy who's like we definitely didn't say his name at all during shit. <laughs> he was like half a percent owned. Yeah, as he should have been, dude. So I had under PRA on AD yesterday on Prize Picks, which obviously didn't hit. You know, he went for 50, fifty-seven fantasy points. But if you had told me before the day started that the Lakers would lose by twenty, I'd have been like, oh yeah, nice. I got an AD under. Yeah, I lost. I bet LeBron on the rebounds. Lost that too. Yeah. Like I just saw, um, so I had under 22 and a half PRA on Draymond and I had, when I went to bed, I was expecting to lose that because he had started well. I just saw he finished at 23. Like, can <laughs> you not just get to like 27 or something? Oh yeah. I'd, I'd rather lose it like aggressively. Yeah. Uh, Shay did the same thing. I had under 31 and a half points. He had, I think 31 points in three quarters. And so I just wrote it off. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'll make sure I actually lost that. He had like 33. Yeah. Amazing. Truly amazing. Killian Hayes had 37 fantasy points. Oh, I was about still to say 37 what? 37 fantasy points. He had 23 real points in 28 minutes. Oh, I actually lost. Uh, I lost $300 betting yesterday. I thought I'd come out ahead. Hmm. Well, you want to talk to him? Uh, want to talk? <laughs> I could have told you that long before you started <laughs> looking that shit up. You want to look? Uh, do you want to talk some basketball? Yeah, we can do that. All right. Hit that like button, folks. We're starting it off rematch from two nights ago. It was such a stellar performance two nights ago that we're doing it again. The Washington Wizards are 11 point underdogs in Orlando, 238 total. Because as we know, the Washington Wizards can make anybody score the basketball. Um, injury wise, DeLon Wright still out for the Wiz on the Orlando side. Probable tag on Orlando on uh, Paolo Banquero. Still no Wendell Carter Jr. Still no Markel Fultz. Q tag on John Isaac. So it's basically the exact same scenario that we had going into two nights ago. Ownership's a little different, however. Oh, no. Speaking of Landry Shaman, I have all of the Landry Shaman. <laughs> uh, 10% ownership coming into Daniel Gafford. 10 coming into Kyle Kuzma. And 40 Coming into Danilo Gallinari, $3,600 power forward center. Needless to say, I'm not getting to 40. I understand why it's happening. But just hearing 40, buckle up for the next five games, guys. We're going to talk about a lot of garbage. Yeah, and I understand why it's happening in the sense that typically you're getting like 17, 18 minutes from Gallo. He's like over a point per minute guy. He's 3,600. There's not a lot of value on this slate. I get that. 40% is a lot. And also, yeah. this guy played 11 and a half minutes last game. It's not like he is stone locked into 18 minutes. Uh, he's generally playing that. But we've seen the playing time move around this year, including in the most recent game against the same exact team. So there's a lot of risk. And from an actual ceiling standpoint, not that much upside here. Like yeah. he's a good median point per dollar projection. We haven't projected for 18 DraftKings points at 3,600. But Gallo is basically never going to go play 26 minutes or something. So no. your best case is that he plays like 19 minutes and he excels from a point per minute standpoint, which means instead of one, like 1.4. And so whatever 19 times 1.4 is, is like 
your cap. So I get it. It's a good point for dollar play. I am finishing running my stuff now, so I don't know where I'll actually be at. But this is the type of play where I would love, a, you know, in 50, 100, 150 lineups, obviously you're still going to be playing some Gallo, but I would love to be turning this into literally any other breathing person that is 5% owned and sub 4K. Any? Do you mean any? Because I have 14% Danilo Gallinari, which I think is exactly what you're saying you would want, right? Yep. Yep. Well, I turned that into 31% Landry Shannon. <laughs> He's 4% owned. He can at least get those min- the The difference, <laughs> so Gallo's the better point per minute guy. Sure. Uh, if you just ha- ask me with no context, would you rather play Gallo or Shamit? The answer is Gallo. But yeah. the difference here from a ceiling standpoint is that Shamit at least gives you playing time volatility in addition to production volatility. Now, yeah. again, his baseline for production is lower than Gallo's, so you need that volatility more, but at least like Landry Shamit, if something weird happens or he just can't miss or whatever it may be, he can go play 26 minutes and his body's not going to fall apart. Yep. He played 24 minutes, four games ago. He played 22 minutes, two games ago. I projected him for 19. Now I don't think this holds as news comes in, as ownership moves around, like some of Landry Shamit becomes a different guy, but $3,700 point guard shooting guard. We're going to talk about Jalen Noel and Derek Rose and Gallinari as value plays. Like a lot of different flavors of trash. Yeah. So I just finished uh... (laughs) this went the opposite way that I wanted it to. You have more Gallo. I have 61% Gallo. So you're such a homer. Yeah. Um, I also, I also have 17% Shamit, but um, right now I have 60% Gallo. Again, it's a good point for dollar play. I would really, really, really like to have less than this. I, I will say like we have him with a 32% chance of being optimal. So that's the thing too. Like I just, I can't fathom that number, but yeah. if like, I mean, that's the the data we're using right now. And so at 32%, like, I guess I would want a lot of him. It's just, yeah. in my head, he's like 16% at 40%. Yeah, I'm with you. And look, again, this is the te- this is the early run of everything. You know, this is, take this with a grain of salt. What this is telling you, the, the takeaway for this is bigger than Gafford, or bigger than Gallo, bigger than Shamit. It's that we don't have a lot of value or good point per dollar plays or anything like that. So really unappealing players are going to get some ownership the way that the slate looks in this moment right now. Yeah, I mean... By the way, I am getting to 30% Gafford. I'm cool with that. I'm looking at my highest stone guys right now, and I just, like, it's going to be hard to click register. Mm Mm-hmm. I told you, man. I took this lap already. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I've said it before. Ugly slates are actually my favorite slates to play. Like, you you feel really good going into those slates where there's, like, three guys that, quote-unquote, can't miss. But it's just like, yeah, everybody knows about them. And you're just playing five on five against 20,000 people now. Like, ugly slates are my favorite slates to play. Well, this one, you're going to jump on the grenade for this one today. I'm getting over on, like, the rest of the Wizards, too, though. Um, I have everybody but Denny. Tyus Jones, Shamit, Kuzma, Poole. I got a share of Johnny Davis. I don't have Johnny Davis. I do have Denny. Kisford, Koulibaly. I got them all. I have – I don't have Koulibaly either. I have 21% – or. Yeah, I have 21% Gafford at 11% owned, so I'm like 2x there. I have 19% Kuzma at 10% owned, around 2x there. I have 17% Shamit at 4% owned, like 4x there. I have 13% Denny at 2% owned, so I'm like 5 to 6x there. I have 9% Tyus Jones at 3% owned, so I'm over there. 
5% Kispert at 4% owned, 3% Jordan Poole at 2% owned. Brutal. Brutal. Do you want to get to the good side of this game in terms of like the matchup? Yeah, I'm very excited to find out that I'm not playing the team against Washington. Well, I've got the whole team here too. Uh, we've got 10% ownership coming into John Isaac, Paolo Bancaro, Gogo Batadze, Cole Anthony. We've got 20 coming into Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Very minimal coming into Anthony Black. He's shooting guard small forward 3,800. I've got 13%. I would very happily take some Gallo just to turn it into Anthony Black, even though he's been a half fantasy point per minute guy so far. I'm neutral on Anthony. I'm 35% to Franz, 35% to Suggs, 35% to John Isaac, who I think is a very interesting pivot if he plays today to Daniel Gafford or to uh, Danilo Gallinari. I don't like that they have the exact same initials. I'm just noticing that now. DG, DG. Anyway, I also have 22% Paolo Bancaro, who is probable. You definitely want to get Orlando. Um, they play Washington. Do you? Apparently don't you don't. Um, I'm over the field on Anthony. I have 19% Anthony. He's 13% owned. Other than that, I, I'm even or under on everybody. Uh, my next highest on guys, Jonathan Isaac at 10%. Fields there as well. Um, 4K, power forward center. He's basically Danilo Gallinari from the standpoint of he's not going to go play 26 minutes. Can't do it. Um, he's a very good point per minute guy. So you still have plenty of minutes or playing time volatility. You just don't have minutes volatility. Um, he's a little bit more expensive, but looks fine. Um, I'm getting to 9% Franz Wagner, 8% Bancaro, 8% Gary Harris. So I am over on a $4,500 Gary Harris who's not getting any ownership, but um, I'm under the field on Franz Wagner. I am under the field on Bancaro. I am under the field on Goga, who could have won me 100K the other night if he had played the fourth quarter. Um, 4% Suggs, 4% Mo Wagner. I'm not getting to Orlando as much as the field is. I did expect the field to just have more than they do just because it's a matchup with Washington, but uh, the prices here are pretty much correct. I think, um, yeah, they look good. I'm happy to get to Orlando. It's a really good spot, but I did sort of switch a little bit of stuff in my process a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think it's come through on these shows when I am playing a lot more contrarian than you. Um, and yeah, you know, so that, that's kind of the thing is I click on, we've seen it a lot on slates like this, like, I wasn't that contrarian yesterday because there was a lot, there were like just a lot of good spots to get to, but it's been slates like this where like everything is ugly. And then it's like, Oh, Orlando's playing Washington. And it's just like, okay, well, do I really want to just play a bunch of the 20% owned guys that are correctly priced and project like one to two points better than the alternatives. And I just haven't really been getting to those guys that much. Cole Anthony being 7k off the bench is a wild price tag to think about for his role on this team. Yeah. The fact that I'm playing 20% of him is wild too. I have 15. I have 15. But ultimately, a lot of Orlando looks good today. This is a six-game slate. Like, they are going to be pulling some ownership. This is the most advantage. well, it's a tied for the most advantageous spot on the slate that you're going to find. If you want to say that it's the Pelicans against the Spurs, I think that's fine too. But, like, we've got two spots where you're playing big-time bad defense pace-up spots, and Orlando just needs to be used pretty in, – in some way, you're using Orlando. How that gets done is up for debate. But just this game in general, like, there is value on the uh, Washington side, too. Yeah, Washington is appealing to me because they're just not getting any ownership. And, yeah. you know, yes, Orlando's good defensively. Washington still has, like, a 114 implied total here. If you look yeah. at other teams on the slate, you know, that's not 
low. I mean, it's it's kind of middle of the pack. It's sure. higher than Memphis. It's higher than the Knicks. It's higher than Toronto. It's higher than Philly. It's higher than the Spurs. It's about the same as Denver, and it's higher than Phoenix. It's one of the better implied totals. You know, there are yeah. several teams that are way higher, like Orlando and uh, the Pels in particular. But for this team to just not have any ownership, I get that it's a tough matchup, but I am happy to just be getting pieces of them everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Other it's the highest Dallas. total on the slate. And Orlando pace-wise is 12th on the season, Washington yeah. second. So, like, this is just a fast, faster game in general. It's not like Orlando is normally 27th in pace or something. Right, we're talking about... Yeah, that we're we're talking about a game that should be played at a, a pretty high rate. Anything else for uh, Wiz and Magic? No, happy to be able to have my night hinge on the worst version of the Wizards I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never wanted. Like, I'm really excited to lose the thousand dollars a day that we were just talking about yeah. on Landry Shamit. Like, I think I would rather be jamming in the Wizards in the Andre Blatch, Nick Young days, Javale McGee days than this. Iteration. I would rather be jamming something into my eye than play some of this stuff. <laughs> it's not where I thought you were jamming something. Yeah, I just didn't want to say that on a show at 10, 17 in the morning. <laughs> I, I had one for uh, uh, in the in the front door, um, but it felt like that was probably unnecessary. Yeah, what is necessary? Started, I was just like, don't say it. It's too early. Yeah, uh, don't worry. I, I kept it to myself. Uh, NFL strategy show coming up after this at 11 a.m., and then we've got two more live shows after that. Adam and I will be back for NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. And then we've got, uh, ignore whatever's on the screen. NBA Deeper Dive is at 5 tonight. NBA Live Before Lock is at 6 uh, because tip-off for the first game is at 7, unless I'm dumb and Basketball Reference did not update their schedule. No, tip-off's at 7. So, yes, Deeper Dive at 5, Live Before Lock at 6. Also, Head to stochastic.com slash avatar, download our logo, load that bad boy up on DraftKings or FanDuel. You know why you should do that? Because if you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries, you get one month of stochastic, whatever you're looking for. It's like a $200 value. Costs you absolutely nothing. The only thing we ask of you is that you tweet that win at stochastichof. Come on in, join the Hall of Fame, get yourself a free month, and we get to say, hey, he won with our tools. That's helpful, right? Helps us both. Win-win. Who do you think is better at basketball right now? Gilbert Arenas or Jordan Poole? <laughs> Jordan Poole. Only because of the injuries, right? No. How old is Gilbert Arenas? 41. Jordan Poole. What about Karan Butler, who didn't tear everything in his lower body? It's Jordan Poole. Antoine Jameson. Jordan Poole. There's not a lot of not a lot of guys that aren't in the league right now that I could give that answer to. I feel like Jameson could be better. Uh, no. He's 47. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, I was gonna say he uh, he played with Stack in Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was thinking he was uh, for some reason I was thinking he was around Arenas' age, but he is definitely not. Mm-mm. No, Arenas is later than that. Because I mean, they played together on Washington, right? But, but like yeah, Jameson yeah, but that... had been around. Yeah, Jameson was at Carolina in 93? 95 to 98. Oh, who was before that? Oh, I'm thinking, wait, no. So it was it was Stack and Stack, Sheed, Jameson. Who's the fourth guy that I'm missing in that group? They had back-to-back like two pairs of guys. So Stackhouse was there from 93 to 95. Jameson was Okay, so that's Stack and Sheed, 93 to 90 in that era. And then it's Tuan and 
Who? Who was there with Antoine Jameson? Well, so they all overlapped in 95. Yeah. Well, like um, Stack and Stack and Sheed were first. Oh, yeah, and Vince Carter. Jesus, thank oh, you, right. Shane Smith. Good God. I knew I was missing, like, the two-man combos there, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah. Amazing that I forgot about Vince. Well, not Eric Montrose. <laughs> That's good. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Who's better, Jordan Poole or Vince Carter? Jordan Poole. So I think this could actually be Vince Carter. He just retired like two years ago. It's still Jordan Poole. I think it's Vince Carter. Look, if we were starting this season over right now and no one had a contract, Jordan Poole's getting a lot more money than Vince Carter does for a yeah, one-year deal. Yeah, because teams want to develop him. You can't develop Vince Carter. No, no, no. You, you, if you got to pay for just this season, you're just paying for today, for like the rest of this year. They're paying $15 million more for J Jordan Poole than Vince Carter. But a winning team is taking Vince Carter. Jordan Poole's going to go play for the Wizards again. No. No. I'm so happy that I forgot Vince Carter. F fuck everybody from Carolina. Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, six and a half point dogs in Boston. 224 total. Single digit ownership across the board on the Philly side. Uh, you get to 12% for Tobias Harris. We are waiting on some news, though. Joel Embiid is questionable. It's an illness, so I'm going to assume he plays. But no Daniel House, no Kelly Oubre. Jaden Springer is probable, as is Nick Batum. I got 7% of Batum and nothing else here. I was hoping I would get to Embiid, but I don't know why I'm not getting to him. Well, I do know why I'm not getting to Embiid. I'm getting to Luka, which, spoiler alert, we'll get to that. Um I was wondering why I wasn't getting to Embiid considering I was playing a lot of like really shitty value. Like what am I opening up at that point? But I forgot it was Luca. I don't have Embiid. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit more Philly than you, but not a lot. Um, I have 19% Batum right now. He's coming in at 9% owned. We have him with a 13% chance of being optimal. It's another value play that you're just not confident in at all. We have him projected for 18 DraftKings points at 4,100, but that just looks good enough at low ownership to be a tournament play today. I'm getting the 18% Melton also, 6,300 point guard, shooting guard. We have him 11% to be optimal at 7% owned. So again, just looks like a good enough contrarian play. Other than that, I'm sub 10% on everybody. Um, Embiid is my next guy. I have 8%. So I'm a little bit over the field, but like you, I'm also getting to Luca at a higher clip and the value does suck today, but uh, still happy to get to Embiid where I can. Other than that, it's just sprinkling in a little bit of Beverly, Morris, Harris, but um Batum and Melton are the guys I'm getting to the most right now. By the way, uh, Boston Celtics defense, second defensive rating, 25th in pace. This is a horrible matchup for fantasy purposes. Um, if we get Embiid out, how much do we get to the small forward, power forward, starting center, Marcus Morris? Yeah, I mean, he would look good at 3,800. The thing to keep in mind is that there's still a good chance he's not closing. Um, yeah. So pay attention to the ownership because – Obviously, Morris should get ownership if he ends up starting in place of Embiid. But like $4,100 Covington is still a play. Paul Reed, obviously, still a play. play. Think about what Danilo Gallinari is right now at power forward center at a slightly comparable price. Like Covington's 40, 50% owned if we start projecting him for like 26 minutes. Did you mean to say Covington or did you mean Morris? I meant Covington. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the minutes here are extremely volatile. Like Robert Covington got the 30 minutes last game. What? Um, Robert Covington played 30 minutes last game, but he only played like 10 in the first half. He just played almost the entire second half. So like those minutes don't have to be there or he could just land at, you know, 26. Um, KJ Martin played 17 minutes. Paul Reed still played 27. The 
playing time if and beats out between, you know, Morris, Reed, Covington, KJ Martin is really volatile, but they're all cheap enough and good enough point per minute guys that they're going to be interesting. And I would just pay a lot of attention to ownership. We are having a slight Zoom issue. So you are going to see a graphic on the screen. We are going to go away quickly and then we will be right back. So bye-bye. We're back. What's going on, everybody? And we got some news in the time that we were gone. Joel Embiid, not at shoot-around this morning. Still questionable for tonight, but uh, since we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, seemed like a good time to drop that little nugget. Thanks for bearing with us on this one. We are back and ready to go. Adam, do you have anything else you want to add for the Philly side? No. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Josh Gill mentioned it. It is a good point. It, it doesn't change anything I was saying before the, the break, but uh, Batum did get hurt last game. And so, again, just don't, don't treat the minutes from last game as gospel, which was kind of the point that I was making anyway, because yeah. there is so much volatility in the playing time between Morris, Covington, Batum, whatever. Um, but yeah, Batum did get hurt last game. Springer wasn't in. So like, there's still just going to be a bunch of playing time volatility there if and beat out. We go to the Boston side. No Chris Tapps Porzingis here, but uh, pretty standard stuff for the rest of Boston. 10% ownership to Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And 15 to Drew Holiday. I'm basically matching Drew, and I'm just a little bit under on White, Brown, and Tatum. I thought Tatum looked pretty good for 10-1 and small forward power forward today, but it's just I'm getting above that to Luka. Yeah, um, 10 to 15% ownership, give or take, coming into the main pieces on Boston. Uh, for me, I am a little bit below that. 15% Drew Holiday is my highest owned guy. So right around the field on him at 6,900. I'm getting to 11% Derek White at 6,700 also with the field. 7% Jalen Brown at 11%. I'm not really getting to Tatum. I'm half the field on him. And like you said, I think it's probably just a Luka problem. I am getting to 7% Luke Cornett as a $3,700 guy that is breathing. Um he played, played real minutes. They didn't go to Nemius Guida or whatever. Keta. I don't know how to say that Keta. guy's name ever, but it doesn't Keta. matter. Yeah, Is Keta. it Keta? It's Keta. Um, Sounds like it should be Kui. Or Keta. It, it might be Keta. It's either Keta or Keta. It doesn't matter. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cornette is breathing and playing backup minutes. I don't care about having 7% of him, but um, not, not getting aggressively to anything on this team. It looks like the guards, Holiday and White are going to be the easiest pieces for me to get to. Kada. Kada, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's Namiyash. 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 Namiyash Kata. Just Let's go ahead and just keep him from playing for a while, so I don't have to keep trying to say that shit. <laughs> This is a tough one to go to, though. We're talking about two top 10 defenses. Philly's not exactly a fast team, no matter how much Maxi wants to run. Boston is slow. Like, this is just, it's a great game to watch. If yeah, and plays. people are bringing up Horford. Like, yeah, Boston likes him in the Embiid matchup, but you don't get fantasy points for that. Um, he's... Oh, you don't? <laughs> you, you don't? And it's an extra quarter point for all possessions guarding Joel Embiid. Right, right. Um, 0.87 DraftKings points per minute for the season. He's up over 6K. It's just really, really difficult to get to Horford. He's 4% owned, 4% chance of being optimal. Yeah, I have one share. I don't... He's not priced like he was two weeks ago, which isn't helpful. Um, And also, 0.88 fantasy points per minute over the past uh, month for Horford. Nothing special. Yeah, 0.87 for the season. There you go. 
The Memphis Grizzlies are 10-point underdogs in Dallas. 228 total for the Grizzlies. They are without Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, Luke Kennard, Jake LaRavia, John Morant, Marcus Smart. Q tag on Xavier Tillman, who is 5,300. Thank God we don't have to deal with any like dumb pricing here. Uh, he came, he's been gone for like eight games. He had played one game and missed like the previous five before that. So I don't expect him to be playing too much. It probably just caps Bismack Biombo, but we are getting a lot of ownership here. 41% to a $3,400 shooting guard, small forward Jalen Noel, and 58 to a $4,900 Derek Rose, along with 20 to Desmond Bain, 10 to Jaron Jackson, 10 to Vince Williams. This slate is gross, but $4,900 point guard Derek Rose, assuming he starts, maybe not 58%, but he's a good play. Yeah, um, he's my highest on guy from Memphis. I will say I'm really confused right now because I didn't get any Jalen Noel, and that just can't be right. But aside from that, um, I'm getting to 43% Derek Rose. Assuming he starts again, 4,900, that's just going to look good. We saw more playing time from him last game with him moving into the starting lineup. He played 27 minutes. Um, you know, you and I were kind of talking about it when he did start because he had gotten up to like 21, 22 minutes in his two previous games. So him moving into the starting lineup, I thought was a, a signal that he could play 26, 27, but it still felt gross to actually project that for Derrick Rose. So seeing that happen is is nice. Um, you know, hopefully we get a couple games of that before he's back out for a month and you know, he's, he's still a good enough fantasy producer. Um, he's going to look pretty good at that price tag. So certainly happy to get to him, assuming he's starting. I'm getting 25% Desmond Bain, slightly over the field, 8,700 shooting guard, small forward. Nice uptick in assists without Marcus Smart and obviously John Morant. Yeah. Um, really, really good player. Good positional eligibility. Happy to get there. I'm not getting a ton of anything else. I only have 9% uh, Z- or I have 9% Zaire Williams at 4,200. So that's yeah. like a little bit over the field. I have 7% Biombo, who's 10% owned. I have 3% David Roddy, 4% Jackson. Uh, but again, the big caveat here is that for some reason, I didn't get Jalen Noel, and I don't know what that reason is. He's over-owned and shouldn't be 41% is my guess. Well, no, but we actually have him projected to be under-owned. So like, that's what's confusing me. If I look, because I'm using all of our data, and so if I expected to look and see that we had him projected for 40% ownership and we were projecting him to be like, eight percent optimal or something and i could be like okay well maybe i disagree with our projection maybe i don't Um, but we have them 45 percent to be optimal like that's somebody that with the numbers i'm looking at i should have been jamming in so i don't know why he didn't show up yeah i got none because i only have them in for 18 minutes so uh you know 0.83 and 41 percent like he's just the most over owned thing that i can see i only have 33 percent Derek rose the way that this is set up right now i'm stoked about it but i basically just turned jalen noel into landry shamit and i'm cool with that if one is 41 percent owned and the other is four the range of outcome differences between jalen noel and landry shamit today are not 10 to 1 right yeah i agree with that but like 3400 shooting guard small forward even if he's playing like 18 minutes i think he's he's somebody i'd want to be getting to you can definitely make the case that um you can treat him the way that I was saying I wanted to treat Gallo, even though apparently yeah. I'm not doing that either. Uh, but this that, that also could be a reason. Like my 60% Gallo, if for whatever reason, Jalen Noel just like got filtered out of my lineups because of like, you know, a back end error or something like in the Sims, 
that would be the perfect guy to be taking away some of that Gallo ownership and kind of splitting it. So um, I do think shooting guard small forward 3,400, he's a good value piece to, to take shots at. Uh, whether you get to 40% or not is an entirely different conversation. Yeah. I will happily have zero Jalen Noel if everything holds the way that this looks for 41% ownership. Um, yeah, 31% of Bain, under a bit on Rose. I'm getting what I want to get out of this team. But how do you think this ends up shaking out as we move forward today? Like, assuming we don't get crazy breaking news, you think Derek Rose is 60% owned tonight? I don't know if it's 60. I think it's a lot. I think I have to assume that Noel tapers. Yeah. I think, like, I, I think that's more I like a 25 Gallo. by the time we get to lock, right. barring any, like, you know, anything that would change it yeah. in his range. The problem so far is that we haven't gotten to a value piece where I'm like, oh, I think this is actually somebody people should be playing. It's kind I, of been like, oh, well, this guy is playable because he's 5%. There hasn't been that like, oh, I don't know what the field's doing. Like, why wouldn't this guy be more? I don't know how, like, I don't know how quantifiable this is, but I have a hard time picturing anybody casual that's pan building ever clicking Jalen Noel today. Yeah, but like those people don't move the needle either. I mean, it's, it's still, you know, 10,000 of the entries, 15,000 of the entries. Like, I, I think his hand-build ability, like, Jalen Noel is what you get when you run an optimizer. He's yeah. not what you get if you do anything other than that. Yeah, but, like, that also goes for Gallo. But Gallo's, Gallo at least is a name that has been good in the, like, he's got. Yeah, like. You, when you're I scrolling, so. like, Jalen Noel's name is just, like, blurry when you. Right, yeah, you, I guess you could at least be like, oh, Gallo, 3,600, I know who that is. Yeah. Like, you're just, you're not getting into, the, like, that $3,400 section. Like, Jalen Noel just looks like he belongs there. Right. It's just weird. And, yeah, like, I mean, he played 18 minutes last game. He did nothing. Like, it's not like this is some fantastic why is Jalen Noel 3,400? This is wrong. Um, it's just because of his position price and the fact he's breathing and in the rotation, he's playable. Um, um, somebody asked about Roddy because he started last game. Like he's 4,700 is the problem. Um, he's 4% owned. I'm around 4%. It's just not, if he were like 3,800 or something, I would absolutely love him. Yeah. Um, but, and on that note, do pay attention to the starting lineup because not only do we need Derrick Rose to be starting again for us to be yeah. playing him at 4,900, but uh, they started Roddy in the second half two games ago. I had said to make sure you paid attention to the starting lineup when it came out last game. Uh, he started over Aldama. If Aldama were to move back into the starting lineup at 6,600, he's a decent play and Roddy would be nothing off the bench at 4,700. So uh, definitely pay attention, make sure Rose yeah. is starting and then make sure that Roddy is starting over Aldama again. I assume yeah. he will because they won that game, but there's no, t I mean, there's no, look, they're making it up. These, all of these guys are like bench guys in the long term. I don't right. think it, like they can, whatever they want to do, whatever they're trying to match up for, they, Taylor Jenkins can be doing anything at this point. Um, on the Dallas side, uh, you and I are going to have a lot to talk about on this one. 20% ownership coming into Derek Lively, 20 to Josh Green, who got the start in their most recent game. 20 to Luca, so that's why I'm getting him. Everybody else is. I thought I was just like making a stand. That sucks. 10% to Grant Williams, 15 to Derek Jones Jr. I have a ton of Dallas. Yeah, so do I. This is this game from like an exposure standpoint is really, really important to me. Um, and yeah, I'm getting to a lot of Dallas here, which is weird because normally I don't get too much Dallas at all. But I'm getting 35% Luca, which 
goes without saying on who with that. Um, a little surprised because like the value today is so bad, but I think it also comes back to something we've talked about um, on DraftKings a lot this year. Even if the value is bad, if you're going to make the entire mid-range correctly priced, then you just get back to stars and scrubs ends up being the way to go because it's like, well, the stars are priced up. The value isn't very good. Let's go to a mid-range lineup. And then you're like, well, I can't really make a good mid-range lineup because everybody is correctly priced or $300 too expensive. And then you're just back to play Luca and play random $3,500 idiots and hope somebody does well. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now, getting 35% Luca, but also getting the 28% Derek Lively, who's 21% owned. He played 28 minutes against the Rockets. Don't really need to be concerned about his playing time. Derek Jones Jr. Um, came off the bench against Houston, still played 34 minutes. So I'm not expecting 34 minutes off the bench, but he's 4K, small forward, power forward. I have 25% of him at 14% owned. I have 21% Grant Williams at only 10% owned. Don't love it, but again, just cheap guys that are letting me get to Luca, letting me get to some of these other pieces I want. I have 17% Tim Hardaway, shooting guard, small forward at 5,500. 15% Josh Green. What'd you say? He is questionable today. Yeah, I mean, assuming he plays. Um I have I, I'm so I did kind of flip Derek Jones Jr. and Josh Green compared to ownership. Derek Jones Jr. is getting 14%. Josh Green's getting around 25. I have 15% Josh Green, 25% Derek Jones. To me, that is perfect. Um, it's a one thousand dollar price difference between them. Josh Green is going to be the guy that you feel better about, assuming he stays in the starting lineup ahead of Jones, but very, very similar players from a fantasy standpoint, very, very similar players from any standpoint, really. Like you can just give depending on how the game's going, Josh Green can just turn into Derek Jones minutes um, or like last game, they can both play a good amount. So uh, I have no issue. I think the range of outcomes is basically identical on those guys. So I have yeah. no issue with just flipping their ownership and playing the one the field likes less. Uh, getting to 10% Kyrie, who's 6% owned. So I have at least 10% of seven different guys on Dallas. I flip them too. I have 31% Derek Jones Jr. and 44 of Josh Green. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't flip them. I just jammed both yeah. of them. <laughs> 46% Derek Lively as well. 30 to Luca, which I'm cool with until I saw his ownership. Now I just wish he was somebody else. Um, got some Grant Williams as well. Scattered amounts of Irving, T, uh, Tim Hardaway, Grant. Like, it's just, I got a, a lot of Dallas. You know, six games late, you're going to have a lot of everybody. But pretty big stands on Luca, Josh Green, Derek Jones, and Derek Lively. Big time Derek days. Anything else here? No. Um so Jeremy Savage value and contracts based on the market. The thing you have to keep in mind when you do that is that the market is set by the owners and there's a salary cap. It's not a yeah. free market. So you can't like, yeah, you can say this contract, this player is paid correctly based on what wins are worth in the NBA, but yeah. what wins are worth in the NBA is determined by the salary cap. Yep. Look, like I said, Derek, Damian Lillard, 14 uh, E wins last year, just in the regular season. Wins are worth a little over $4 million. We're talking right away, right out of the gate, $56 million of value just for the wins component in the regular season. Damian Lillard certainly carries more weight to playoff teams, things like that. Uh, he is underpaid, no matter what we want to say. Is he going to be underpaid in his out years of his contract? No, but right now, properly paid at a minimum. Courtney Crump with Super Chat. Hey, guys, Crump here. Is there a time frame on the logo promo? I came in second on 11.22, 25-cent jukebox, but totally forgot about the promo. No, not at all. Not at all. If you got that screenshot, tweet that bad boy out. As long as you haven't uh, gotten that free month in the past year, you're good to go. And you're around a lot, so we would like to reward that. Anyway, so yeah, do that. Do that. Um, 
where were we? Oh, sponsor, Vivid Picks. You guys want to make some money on a deposit bonus? Because that is what you guys should be doing with these deals. Vivid Picks is going to give you a $300 deposit match on your first deposit. Not 100 or 200, 300 bones. You put in 300, you get 300. Normally, you're seeing 100. This one is fantastic. Not to mention, your first entry on Vivid Picks comes with a $25 secure play, which means put your card in, put that $25 down, down on it. If it wins, great, keep that money. If it loses, you get another $25 back in site credit. Load yourself up at all of these pick'em sites, grab as much deposit bonus as you can, and then figure out where you want to be after that. Odd Shopper can certainly help you out here, take a market-based approach to beating the books. So if you need a little bit more from a plays perspective at the pick'em sites, check out Odd Shopper, but do it by signing up for Vivid Picks. All righty. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit, but Nick's, this one will go relatively quick. Knicks, two-point dogs in Toronto, 218 total. Uh, for the Knicks, they are on a back-to-back. -back. Luckily for the Knicks, as long as people are in, we're getting the same rotation we normally get for New York. 12% ownership to Julius Randle, 12 to Mitchell Robinson. Both of these teams are decent defensively and slow. Obviously, the Knicks are the most slow team. I barely have New York. Yeah, I have one guy at 10%, and that is quickly coming off of yesterday's terrible game. 8% uh, owned, 11% chance of being optimal at 5,800. I have 6% Brunson, 6% Robinson. So right around the field on Brunson, I am under on Robinson by a little bit. Uh, just a pretty unappealing game. Two slow teams. Uh, Julius Randle showing up 1% for me. I'm not getting to the next much either. 3% Randle, 1% of everybody else. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible DFS environment. I'm a little surprised that Randall's actually getting a lot or 12% ownership. I guess just because it's a six game slate. Yeah. 8,800 is like he's priced appropriately now. Yeah. He's priced correctly. It's a pretty ugly matchup. Um, they kind of goes back to what I was just saying about Luca, where, you know, you could avoid the really cheap guys and play balanced lineups, but then you're yeah. just paying, you know, $8,800 for Julius Randall against the Raptors. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just go back to playing Luca. 10% ownership, 10 to 15 coming into Dennis Schroeder, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes. 24 to Jake Puddle. I'm uh, getting to my boy OG Ananobi once again, $5,800 shooting guard. But I have like a little tiny bit of some of these guys. I got a bunch of Siakam, Ananobi, and Jake Puddle. Yeah, I do not like this. Um, I'm getting to the Raptors. And go I for it. Hate th I hate this matchup, but I do like the prices. Uh, Pirtle pulling 24% ownership, 26% owned. I have 42% Pirtle. He's only 5,900, good price tag. I have 23% Schroeder at 12% owned, 6,500, just you know, over a point per minute guy this year. Even if that comes down a little bit because of the matchup, he's just going to look decent enough for the slate at that salary. Yeah. I have 19% Siakam. His salary is down to 8,100, a little over the field there. I'm getting to Scotty Barnes, finally. Point guard, small forward, 8,600, 13% owned. I have 16%. I have 12% of your boy, OG and Anobi, in line with the field there. Uh, and then mm. just mixing in very small amounts of Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent, because why not? Um, but all five of the starters, I'm even or over the field. I got 41% OG, 23 of Siakam, 21 of Pirtle. Only three of Scotty Barnes, which I think is a lot, considering he's, I don't think he's a good play. <laughs> but no, like, look, 218 total. It's the lowest total on the slate. Two bottom 10 pace teams, uh, two top 15 defenses, including fifth for the Knicks. Just a really bad spot. Um, San Antonio Spurs, here we go. 
basically impossible to talk about right now. 12 and a half point dogs in New Orleans, 234 total. They're on the back-to-back. We have no idea what's going on. And they've already come out and said, like, we don't know if Victor Wembanyama is going to play today. The good news is they're facing a Pelicans team, ninth in defense, eighth in pace. It's not like a great spot for them anyway. Prices have come up. Wemby's 9K. I basically don't have San Antonio, but if Wemby ends up out, we probably start to look at him a little bit differently. Yeah, um, I'm like 2x the field on Wemby right now. I have 13%. He's 6% wow. owned. Um, he's 9K. So this is another one where, yes, he's questionable. He may not play. You can even say he probably isn't going to play, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know where we're going with this. Why is he half the ownership of Julius Randle? Like, it's got to be the Q tag or like the pseudo Q tag, not like whatever we're going to have for him. But he is unequivocally a better DFS play. It's, yeah. The only difference is minutes. Right. But like it, half, half the ownership of Randall, $200 more. If I'm getting this price range, I'm going to Wemby if he's in. And then obviously yeah. he's out. That's going to open up Keldon Johnson in particular at 7,500. Um, it'll open more stuff up too, but Right now, I'm getting him basically the way the field is getting Randall. So that's the guy I'm going to in that price range. Other than that, though, 6% Zach Collins, 3% Keldon, 2% Sohan. Not really getting to much from the Spurs. Again, if Wemby is out, Johnson's going to look better. There's more usage for Vassell. Uh, Pop said yesterday Vassell's going to continue coming off the bench. Pop also said like three days ago Vassell was starting and then still brought him off the bench. So um, Pop generally doesn't know what's going on. But um, assuming Vassell comes off the bench, like there is more usage, but you can still only get give him so many minutes off the bench. I assume that Champagny gets the start if Wemby's out. He's already 4,900 on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, Chetty's 4,100 if you wanted to try that off the bench. But I, even if Wemby's out, I don't know that there's like massive DFS implications no. here. I think no. Zach Collins and Keldon probably start to look the – probably pick up like the biggest bump. Sohan, too, to me, just yeah. like having the ball in his hands. He's priced as if Wemby's there, but he's not. Yeah. Like, And I mean, like, relatively. These are all marginal. Right. And, like, relatively, Champagne probably gets the biggest bump because right now he's projected for one fantasy point, and right. I assume he's going to start if Wemby's out. But um, at 4,900, still not like he's going to be a, a priority. Now, the Pelican side of this one, they get the goods. Um, they get to face San Antonio and potentially without a good defensive player in Wemby. Q-tag on Alvarado. Q tag on Trey Murphy, doubtful tag on Matt Ryan. Now, I don't expect Trey Murphy to just step into a bunch of minutes. He's already 5K, so that doesn't matter too much. But 20% ownership coming into Brandon Ingram, 20 to Joe Val, 10 to Zion, and to Herb Jones. I have a ton of $8,300 Brandon Ingram right now. I'm 2Xing that number, and I'm 2Xing Joe Val. I'm not. Um, I kind of wish I was. It's a really good spot. 124 implied total for the Pels. 21% ownership coming into Ingram. We only have him with a 10% chance of being optimal. So I think that's one reason why I'm only getting 10% or 11%. Um, I'm slightly under on Joe Val getting 14%. The guy I'm getting the most of here is Herb Jones at 17%. So I am a little bit over the field on him. Small forward, power forward, 5,600. Don't love Herb Jones from a fantasy standpoint, but you know he's cheap enough. He's going to play minutes and it's a good game environment. So I don't mind getting to that. Um, other than that, very small amounts of CJ McCollum, Zion, I have like a Trey Murphy lineup that I'm sure will go away, but um, yeah. I, I, I like, I like Ingram. I like Zion. Um, I do like, especially that Ingram's salary on DraftKings dropped all the way back to 8,300. He still yeah. doesn't have small Ford eligibility, but shooting guard at 8,300 uh, it's the best brand that Ingram has looked in a while, but yeah. right now we just have him projected to be a bit overowned, So I'm not getting a lot. Yeah. I, unfortunately I am not that I mind in this matchup at all. 
Um, happy to get to Joval. Uh, reminder, Larry Nance out for four to six weeks. So, like, at the very least, it doesn't hurt Joval. <laughs> they have not been using him the way that you would want. All right, let's close this out. Final game on the day. Denver Nuggets, two and a half point favorites in Phoenix, 224 total. For Denver, Q tag on Aaron Gordon, Q tag on Jamal Murray. Everybody else is available. On the Phoenix side, Q tag on Devin Booker. This one's pretty tough. Jokic is 12-4. He's 8% owned. That's the high mark. Uh, you can get to a $4,700 KCP on FanDuel. He's 27% owned. I'm finding it very difficult to get to anything from Denver. Same. Jokic is my highest owned guy at 7%. Goes without saying that I love getting to Jokic, but... Uh, yeah. he, he is really expensive. He is obviously center only. So uh, I'm getting 7% there. I have 3% Michael Porter Jr. I have 1% Aaron Gordon. And I have a lineup out of 150 with KCP on drafting. So uh, pretty, pretty tough team to get to. If Aaron Gordon and or Jamal Murray are out, does that create anything here for you? Do we end up going to $3,500 Peyton Watson, $3,300 Julian Strother? Like they, they have to at least be semi-interesting given some of the dumb shit we've talked about. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they at the very least, they fall into the uh, breathing guy who's sub 4K category. Yeah. But um, if Murray's out, it is a bump to Jokic's projection. You know, we've yeah. seen that this year for sure. So I still don't, like, he's still not going to be easy to get to, but I think some of my Luka probably starts turning into Jokic if Murray is out. Um, if Murray is in and Gordon is out, uh, we got Justin Holiday starting last game. He played 27 minutes, would have played a little bit more. He's only 4,100 shooting guard, small forward. He certainly becomes playable if he's starting. Yeah. Strouder at 3,300 played 13 minutes. Um, Wolf. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, 6K if there's no Murray. Still really tough for me to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think because I think Jokic is, I mean, obviously Murray's the huge piece for, for Jackson, but like Jokic sure. was the thing that really opened up Reggie Jackson running the offense and doing everything. Yeah. And then we bounce to the Phoenix side. Uh, only Devin Booker with a Q tag. Uh, props market is looking like they're leaning towards him being out. Uh, Kevin Durant's props were like a little juiced, but 9% ownership to Durant at 9,900. I actually think he looks pretty good. Uh, 11% ownership to Grayson Allen, $5,100 shooting guard, small forward. I don't really see a ton that I want here from Phoenix. Denver is uh, slow. This is the 27th ranked team in pace against 26 in pace. Yuck. Yeah. Um, I don't have much of anything. I have 8% Nurkic and that's about it. Um, Grayson Allen pulling 11% ownership. Like you said, shooting guard, small forward, 5,100. He's going to fit into lineups pretty nicely. Um, I'm just not really getting to him right now. Uh, Nurk is 8% owned. That's what I have. Um, I have like 1% of every, of anybody else on this team. I just am not getting there. And I think part of it is going back to the beginning, Washington is in a very similar spot from like an implied total standpoint. And I'm just getting over the field on Washington, basically where they're all two three, 4% owned. Hell of a slate, man. Yeah, it is. You're probably not going to feel very good about your lineups going into this one. No. And like, I don't even know, like news isn't going to make this better. There was nothing that we talked about where it was just like, oh, this is going to open up great stuff. Like Wemby's the biggest piece. And it's just like, oh, well, the mostly the guys that you're going to want to play are already 7K. So you're still yeah. not getting value there. Well, I mean, oh, Wemby's out. So the guy that you get the most from the Spurs is Julian Champagne. And it's like, okay, that's just another flavor of all the other garbage we've talked about for these other six games. Right. Like Aaron Gordon's out. So you get to play Justin Holiday. Like if Devin Booker doesn't play, like 
I guess like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon are pretty much already where they need to be. Like, does Jordan good forty eight hundred dollar Jordan Goodwin like that becomes a thing? I guess. Or like I don't. It's just it's all bad, dude. It's all bad. It's all bad. Late yeah, night number two, a, by the way. Maybe my, we get my, all that news at nine thirty for just this game. Booker's ten k. Like, do we even have? Like, there's not even a swap. Kevin Durant. If you have it at utility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, it's not like you're going to have a ton of other Denver Phoenix guys in that lineup right. too. Yeah. But like, I'm also just not really going to have Booker. So it's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a like, share. This would, this would be a much bigger ish- issue if it was just like somehow Devin, if Devin Booker's like for some reason, $8,500. Oh, God, it'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awful. I mean, this is just, this is a dumpster fire slate right now. And we're going to come back at five o'clock and be like, still sucks. Yep. But I, 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 these slates are tough to talk about because there's just like so much nuance and everything is so close and you're kind of just like flipping coins on a bunch of guys. But I I love playing these slates, like low, low scoring. Generally, if I win a DFS tournament, it's a low scoring slate. Yeah. John P says, no value. What do you call Delano Banton? <laughs> like that's that's real today, though. I mean, like he's not really getting it, but like he could. He's no not all that different than some of the other slop we've talked about. To be fair, put- there's like a I don't know John P well enough. There's a decent chance that he's just like looking and thinking. No, nah, he's uh him. he's around. Okay. He's he's a process. I, I know guy he's too. around. I just never I, no, that's a, I, that's I don't a remember things he says. So like yeah. that made me think he probably is smart enough that I, that he knows Banton's not playing, but yeah. Dustin Willard, who plays center for San Antonio, Zach Collins, no matter what. Nope. And I mean, Wemby, but Zach Collins. Yeah. But yeah, Zach Collins, Charles Bassey. <laughs> right. It's the type of shit that matters today. All right. Adam's got uh, an article and some videos coming out later today. I've got contenders and prize picks coming. I got to win this prize picks today so I can have a profitable week. Leaving it to the end. I don't like it. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks to Vivid Picks for being the sponsor here. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. Check it out. We'll see you guys at five o'clock. Peace.